1: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.
0: The Oklahoma City Thunder have seen the end of their season and their exit interviews, and we got a great update On Chet Holmgren's rehab What does he bring to this team After a year away And we'll talk about the impact That Mark has had on this roster Plus everything else we learned At Exit Interviews
1: You are Locked On Thunder Your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast Part of the Locked On Podcast Network Your team
0: Every day Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles. you can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at L O LOTHunderpod. You can even text the show, 405-939-5827. When you text the show, we can give you some great insight from behind the scenes on the Thunder. But today we're going to talk about exit interviews in Oklahoma City. Chet Holmgren gave us a great update on his rehab. What does this team look like whenever Chet is on it? Plus what this team looks like with Mark as the head coach and what every player was saying glowingly about Mark as the head coach of this team. And Dario Saric. Really wants to return to Oklahoma City, who's playing in the FIBA World Cup, and Usman Jang is heading over to Summer League. Plus, does SGA write his own Instagram captions? We find out on today's show. Brought to you by PrizePix. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepix.com. Promo code locked on every day, as you know that we're here for you well every single day, including in the off season. So subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from, including on YouTube. This week, we're going to have a lot for you. Draft content with at MavsDraft on Twitter. We'll have Clemente Almanza on to talk about the season as a whole. We'll even talk about Sam Presti's eventual end-of-season press conference, which will happen uh, in the coming days. So, Chet Holmgren, at the annual exit interviews, where they bring every player through. We talked to them one last time for the season. He comes walking in with a basketball palmed in his hand, He cradles that basketball all interview long and gave us some nice updates on his rehab process. So he says that he's pretty much passed the rehab part of the journey. Now he's progressing more into five on five stuff and taking away the restrictions he had. He says that he feels great and uh, he's had a great team around him to help him get back to this point. And he he said that, you know, he feels like he can get back to the player that he was pre-injury. He seemed really optimistic and really excited. Uh, I think that what showed the most was how much faith that he had in the thunder and their program and their medical staff and like what they wanted to do. Uh, I asked him if he plans on playing in summer league. And obviously this is a, a very far out question because summer league is still a little bit away in July, obviously. Uh, but he said, you know, right now I'm focused on following the plan that the thunder have in place. And, and when that time comes, if that's a part of the plan, I'll follow the plan, uh, wh- whatever it is up to that point. So it's just a matter of if that's the plan or not. We can get more clarity on that at a a later date on Chet Holmgren's Summer League activity. Uh, But I think that it's a great thing to see a player who has been out since August with an injury still speak with such positivity about the organization, about the medical staff, about uh, everything surrounding it. We've seen many times where this goes awry after, after big injuries. We've seen many times where there's shadows of doubts, like Zion, or like there's major fractures like there was in San Antonio with Kawash. So like we've seen this go in negative directions. This is not every player gives you quote unquote PR speak. And and the and the excitement or the the vibe that it came off of Chet was anything but PR speak. He was really good um at at kind of explaining the rehab process and, and explaining what he can bring this team. He he talked about how as part of analyzing the game, of course he looks at the ways that he could fit himself into scenarios or games that the Thunder played. He traveled with the Thunder most of the season. He was traveling with OKC and going to road games. So he was really studying the game, really embracing the game. He was asked about the free 7 caption, and uh, he said that's that's just a guy that's anxious to play basketball. We all know I love basketball, and that's just me thinking forward to when I'm able to play again. Makes sense. There was nothing to read into on that free 7 caption. The players talked glowingly about Chet. SGA says uh, he's a kid who wants to be good. He wants to be really good, and he wants to prove himself against the world. Uh, that fire in him is impressive. Because of that, I think he's going to be a heck of a basketball player. Uh, SGA went on and on. SGA also says he's a goofy kid, also said that he is terrible at cards, to which uh, he Chet agreed he's bad at cards. I believe it was Jeremiah who said that Chet's not bad, he's just unlucky. No, Chet said he was bad, self-admittedly bad, at playing cards, uh, Kenneth Williams talked about that confidence as well. He said, "Super confident, uh, somebody that believes in himself in his abilities." He was itching to play this year. I'm looking forward to playing with Chet for sure. Uh, Dort said that we're very excited. He's looking right. Re- he's looking real good, and that's something we can definitely use. We're looking forward to him being back with us. Poku said he grew close to Chet as those two guys were out for a lot of the season. Obviously, with Poku. And then Josh Kitty who's the only player on this roster who really got to play with him going back to summer league, like, like extensive minutes and, and really that duo really got to mesh. Uh, he was saying, I was working out with him throughout the summer pick, with pickup and then summer league. Uh, obviously, was very excited to play with him this year, but injuries happen. It's part of the sport. And he's done a great job of rehabbing and doing the right things. And he's super good. I know uh, he's going to have a good summer. Come September, October, he'll be ready. To have a player who can't be shaken by confidence, his confidence can't be shaken, is such a great thing, Uh, especially coming back from this injury. If he still believes in himself and trusts his body and trusts himself uh, to go out there and execute, then that just takes away one extra hurdle. And again, I don't want to pick on Zion, but it's like Zion said, I'm 100% healthy, but I don't feel like myself. And that's a common thing to happen with injuries of like not, not feeling like you can really ex- be explosive or trust yourself or go back to what you once were. And for Chet Holmgren to have such confidence and be itching to play and be super uh, confident in his ability, that is a testament to what you can expect from him come October uh, of picking right back up and riding it like a bike and, and kind of going right back in the flow of things. And that's very, um, a, a very good sign for this. And I think it's important to note too, he had this season go perfectly for him in terms of if, if you told everyone back in August that Chet had to have a season-ending injury, but here's what unfolded after that. After the season-ending injury, SGA declared himself as a number one true option on a really, really, really good team. He, he put himself in MVP conversations. He put himself in first-team All-NBA conversations and should make first-team All-NBA if the, if the ballot counting is correct and Jalen Williams looks incredible, gave Paolo a run for his money in the Rookie of the Year race, is a Rookie of the Year finalist, uh, looks like a a future all-star, and they won 40 games. If you said all those things with the season-ending injury for Chet, that is the perfect outcome for Chet Holmgren. That takes so much of the pressure off of him coming into September, into October, because when he got drafted, we forget what the conversations were. It was, Well, can Shea be a number one guy? Like, can Shea really do it? Is Shea a number two? Is Chet the number one? Is Chet the number two? Is this Chet's franchise now? This is franchise altering. This is a unicorn. This is is a guy that can really just change the trajectory of everything. Like, he had so much potential and weight put on him from the beginning to where now he gets put in a situation where he still has that ceiling. He still has unicorn ceiling. He still has franchise-changing ceiling. But now the expectation for that, once it steps on the floor, is just just be a guy that goes and fits in and hits shots and he gets rebounds and block shots. Like that's what you're expecting. Whenever before you were expecting this transcendent generational talent at seven foot as a shot blocker, as a shot maker, as an isolation scorer, like you were expecting so much from him before. As those expectations get rimmed, you know, reeled back in, but that ceiling stays super high. It allows him to go play more free this year. And it allows him, despite, you know, whatever confidence that he has, despite whatever he feels about himself, he now doesn't go into this saying, I've got to be the guy. This has got to be my franchise. He's pretty comfortable with the fact that Shay's the guy. He even said, you know, sitting out this year, I had a front row seat seat to, you know, the best bucket getter on the planet in SGA, and it was a masterclass of bucket getting, I believe is the exact phrase that he used when describing when describing Shay's bucket getting, but like, understanding all of that, this season has unfolded well. He's progressed extremely well. He's been on schedule the entire time. He's going back to five-on-five stuff here soon, according to himself. Uh, the players believe that his rehab looked good. The players believe he has the confidence to, to play back at that level that we thought he could play at come draft night. But the only thing that's changed is everyone else elevated. And everyone else now can accompany him in that ascent uh, uh, to, for the Thunder and for, for this roster. So that's great. Like, all in all... You couldn't ask for a better season given the circumstances of what's gone on. We'll talk about Chet Holmgren and how he fits in Oklahoma City because, with that really good uh, outcome, I think that people are forgetting what Chet Holmgren can and should be. We'll talk about this coming up on uh, on this podcast, but today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Download the app or go to Pricepicks.com. Prize Picks, 100% deposit match up to $100 with the code LOCKEDON over there at Prize Picks. Prize picks is where you want to be. Folks, it's playoff time. You want to ramp it up, and it's fantasy sports, but it's made easy on the daily fantasy sports front. You pick two to six players, and it's just you versus the projection versus, the, versus the projected numbers. There's no other player. There's no anything else. It's just you versus the projections. You pick a player, two of them to be exact, or six, and uh, you can win 25 times your money on any entry. So you pick, say, Kevin Durant, more or less than 25 and a half points in this game. If you do more and he goes for 26, well then you win and you're able to accompany that with LeBron James assists or rebounds, Steph Curry's blocks. You can even do cross sport parlays where you say, I think that, I think that LeBron will go for 22 points. And I think that Salvador Perez would help home run. And if you hit both, well then that doubles your money. So check it out today over there at prize picks. It's currently operational in 30 states and Canada, download the price picks app or go to prospects.com and use the code locked on for 100% deposit match guaranteed.
1: This lockdown podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients Free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homeshef.com slash locked on. That's homeshef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life, homeshef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
0: We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much. For making us your first listen every single morning, every single day, we're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Make sure that you're tuning in every day because you every day are going to expect a lot of great content like Draft Talk with Mavs Draft uh, this week. Tomorrow's show, even, we'll have that podcast uh, about the NBA draft. So, what is Chet Holmgren's fit with this team? Folks, I want to remind you what Chet Holmgren is because with everything we just laid out, The end last segment. I think that that's clouding what Chet Holmgren can be. Synergy last year, at his time with Gonzaga, graded him out as an excellent offensive player. In the 98th percentile, with 1.16 points per possession. Excellent in transition. The Thunder were third in the NBA in pace. You think that they play in transition a lot? They absolutely do. And so Chet Holmgren, excellent in transition. 96th percentile in half court offense, 97th percentile against man defense, 90th percentile on cutting, 76th percentile in post ups, 99th percentile in offensive putbacks, 96th percentile in isolation, 74th percentile in catch and shoot jumpers, 93 uh, 93rd percentile on hook shots, 100th percentile at the rim, 99th percentile on dribble jump shots, and 98th percentile at runners. At Gonzaga, he averaged 14 points, 10 rebounds, shot 60% from the floor, 40% from three, and blocked three shots a game. This is not only the lone top five pick of this rebuild, but he's a seven-footer who makes shots, who blocked shots and is rim-protecting and rebounding. In one player, you get a shot-maker, a shot-blocker, who protects the rim. You get a guy who can rebound. You get a guy who can shoot. In one player, you you mask a lot of flaws. And I think that as we lead into the the talk around Mark on Saturday, you have a head coach who has been able to muster top half of the league and, and at certain points in the season, top 10 in the league defenses the last couple of years with bad rosters on paper defensively, especially, you know, Last year, this year improved roster defensively, but still no defensive anchor down low, no big men at all, which is usually the point of emphasis for a defense. And as we saw in college, Chet Holmgren on defense is able to be a safety back there and roam around and wipe away shots on help side and just do and just cover things up and mask flaws. So if you have guys like SGA and Lou Dort, J Dub, Aaron Wiggins on the perimeter, you know making things difficult and something does slip through the cracks, then he wipes even that away. It allows you to, to be less overzealous, if you will, whenever whenever the ball gets dumped in the paint, and stay out a little bit further, and, it, and, and close out a little bit better on those spray outs to the corner for three. It rises all tides whenever you add Chet Holmgren in. And this is a guy who can do it in isolation. And so when you look at Chet Holmgren, he fills and fits and plugs every hole that you have if he is what he was drafted to be and what he showed in college. If you just plop Chet Holmgren down and say, look, go play basketball, the instant things you're going to notice are shot blocking, rebounding, shot making, what are you going to do as a defense? We talk about how Shea is unguardable now. We talk about how Shea uh, is just pick your poison now. If you have a 7-footer who's drawing that big out of the paint, and now there's even one less layer of rim protection, because if you step in, we've we've seen how great Shea is at driving and kicking. If you draw that big in while Shea drives, you gotta, you're leaving a 40% three-point shooter. As you see all this unfold with the ascension of J-Dub, you're able to see just how lethal this team can be, just how... Just how fun this can all be moving forward. And I think that we forget sometimes of, of the fact that Chet Holmgren fits this team perfectly. A team that won forty games last year, Chet Holmgren like was supposed to be the the, the guy. Like he was supposed to be the, the 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 player that that changed the game for OKC, and the game was changed anyway. The game was changed anyway because of how good J. W. was, and because of how much better every player got. Like you think about it, the only addition from last year's team to this year's team, is j And Isaiah Joe was signed, and Isaiah Joe made a big impact. I don't want to discredit Isaiah Joe. But beyond j the rest of it was just guys getting better. Shea getting better. Josh Giddy getting better. And so on and so forth. And Jaywell, will of course, was the starting addition in the second half of the year. And Jay will played great. You know, I'm a, stand, you know, a J-Will stand. But, you know, stay with me here. And they still made this much of a quantum leap. So now you're going to add a guy who has an, you know, who has, who's going to be a rookie, but has had a whole season of watching NBA basketball at a professional level in a sense of he's not just watching basketball. He's watching it. He's talking it through with coaches. He's talking it through, you know, from a, from a game planning scouting report standpoint, he's absorbing the knowledge of how to do it. He's seeing it up close and seeing mistakes and seeing what's done well and what works for other people and what doesn't work for other people. And, and he's putting the work in to really get back to that level. And he's practicing with NBA guys and coaches and he'll do the same thing all summer. And so he can make a winning impact in year one despite it being his first year of play, especially as you pull back that pressure. But I think that it that we've kind of forgotten. Like It's not just a one-liner to say, oh, Chet, Chet would fix a lot of this these problems. There is proven you know, data points that would suggest he not only would fix the problems, he would fix it at an elite capacity if he's if he is what, what he was in college. Which so far, we have no reason to suggest that he won't be. Because life gets easy for him too, playing next to an all NBA player, playing next to a guy who has all star potential on JW, and playing with obvious competent players who help this team get to forty wins. Not to mention another top 10 pick, let's call it. I know it's technically 11 right now and the lottery will happen and whatever else goes on in the lottery. But, but you know, roughly a top 10 pick. And another summer de- development for a roster who has seen their players get better summer over summer. This is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the players talked about Mark and they talked glowingly about Mark uh, on Saturday. Mark did not speak, though, because... He had a baby. He and his wife, Ashley, uh, welcomed in a baby girl to the world, so congratulations to them. Uh, but Shea started it off with a true ringing endorsement. He was asked, what have you learned from Mark? And he said, I didn't learn anything. And we thought he was going to stop there, but he said, I didn't learn anything. But then he continued. I knew what type of coach he was his first year here. He has a core belief system that I 100% agree with, and I think it's the right way to go about the game. I think him instilling those in us when we were a 15-win team and we were a 22-win team until now was made easier for us to grow because it's, it's being instilled in us, habits, and we're carrying it forward. And I think he's done a great job of that. I think he doesn't waver. His temperament, his attention to detail, his approach to every day doesn't change because we win, lose, or draw. You can't really draw in basketball, but it doesn't change whether we win or lose. I think he's one heck of a coach, and he's on his way. SGA, the leader of this franchise, just, just put that out there on the table. All of that. So again, the reservations from some fans, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. He's not a, he's not a stopgap coach. That's not how Sam Presti's ever operated, as looking for a stopgap. He's not only here for the rebuild or the retooling or whatever you want to use for the reword. He's a legitimately great coach. Josh Giddy said, if I could build a coach, it'd be Mark. I'm looking forward to next year and many years after that. And I asked Josh Giddy, you know, you've been entrusted since you've been in Oklahoma City to be the inbounder on a lot of these out-of-timeout plays, which is where Mark gets a lot of praise from other coaches. Even Josh Giddy brought up how good Mark is at ATOs and and drawing things up. And so I asked Giddy about it. Like, what does that mean to you to, to be entrusted with that responsibility? And he gave all the credit in the world to Mark of Mark puts this together Mark puts us in the position to to do these plays, and I just make a pass that he tells me to make. So uh, there has been some of that too on Twitter. Like, okay, I, I give so much, me personally, I give so much credit to Mark on the ATOs. Well, how much of that is having an elite inbounder? Obviously, Josh Kiddie plays an important role, and you have to have a good inbounder. But Josh is telling you those passes I make, while they're impressive because you know he's he's throwing them a billion miles an hour, and he's perfectly timing it, putting it right in the pocket, everything that Josh Kiddie does. Those are all a, a domino effect. To what Mark did in the Huddle to put guys in those positions. Now Chet Holmgren, who hasn't played for Mark yet, called Mark Mark the coach of the year because he's seen how Mark operates throughout all of this. Every player praised Mark profusely. Fellow NBA coaches praise Mark. Fellow NBA coaches vote for him as one of the top coaches. And of would out plays. Uh, the, the fact that the last couple of years he's had nearly a top hat. You know, top ten defense, top half of the league defense while not having a center, while having the rotating cast of, of characters that he's had over the last few years. Like that stuff matters. His ability to connect to players, that stuff matters because at the end of the day, it's a superstar league. At the end of the day, you need your stars to be great. You can put them in great positions and that helps a whole lot. But at the end of the day, you need your stars to step up in these moments that we're watching unfold over the next few weeks in the postseason. So his ability to connect with them and their, their praise of him and connecting with him in that way means a lot. And we've seen throughout his tenure, despite whatever roster you put in front of him, they're going to compete. And sure, they lost a lot of games the first couple of years. I get that. But they didn't go out there and get blown out every night. They didn't go out there and roll over every night. The rosters on paper look like they should have. They were competing every night. That is a testament to what Mark can do. As you give him more options, as you give him, you know, more um, you know, good players, frankly. And Wiggins told a great story too about Mark and the pregame speech he gave in L.A. Now Wiggins danced around it because I assume, again, this is me assuming. I assume Mark said some things that uh, were not exactly PG friendly. But Wiggins, uh, uh, he said pregame that, that that what Mark did pregame against. LeBron that game where he broke the scoring record is what really got them going. And Wiggins talked about how, you know, independent of that story, Mark does a really great job in a long 82-game season of coming up with pregame speeches, and and, and not literally what you see in the movies, like pregame speeches of like right before the team runs out, but throughout the day, talking with players and finding out what will motivate them that night, finding out what will get them going that night, and doing that every single day. Is exhausting, is draining, and and for him to to force you to rise to that occasion every single night again shows how great he is. Lindy Waters also says it says that they read together, so I'd be interested to see uh, what Mark's uh, summer reading looks like this summer. Uh, maybe I'll ask him that if we get to talk to him on the next interview, but uh, that'll be interesting uh, on them reading together. Coming up, Dario Saric wants to be in Oklahoma City, but will he be there? come the offseason. Does SGA make his own Instagram captions? Who's playing in the FIBA World Cup? And Usman Jang is playing at Summer League. We'll talk about all of that coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now, a good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go over to Built.com, use the promo code lock 15 get 15% off of your next order. When you do, you're going to be able to try They're amazing flavors. My personal favorite is cookies and cream. So go check it out today. 100% real chocolate on the outside. It's a protein bar, low calories, high protein, pre-workout, post-workout, even as a meal replacement or as as a snack. Check it out today by going to the nearest Walmart or Sam's Club or, like we said, built.com and grab yourself a box today.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama.
0: making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. Thank you so much for being with us every day, five days a week, even in the off season. So subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from every day or enjoy another draft podcast tomorrow with Mav's draft. I know you've been missing him and, well, we're back in the off season with the draft coverage. Dario Sarch wants to be in Oklahoma City. He said some interesting quotes. He said, I've learned how these guys can be in the future, high-quality people. He also compared the Thunder to a laptop. And this was my favorite quote of the day. He said, quote, some laptops are better than others. You know what I mean? Sometimes you have the same controls and the same things, but some are better. And that's what I would say. It's really great to be part of this, end quote. And so he was asked, like, what makes the Thunder a better organization? Like, like you know, independent of, of all this. Players typically say this. Like, Players typically say the Thunder experience is a lot better than their previous stops. And so he's asked, but can you detail what that means? Uh, and, and he used the laptop analogy. So obviously the Thunder are a MacBook Pro and every other organization is a, is a Google uh, Chromebook. Uh, but nonetheless, that was a great thing from Sarch. Uh, he was also asked about his time here, do you want to come back, whatever. And Sarch said, quote, I mean, I have like a month and a half, two months here. I really enjoy it. And I really like to be part of this group. I really like it. Uh, it's about situation, uh, how it's going to be in July, draft picks, other players. It's really hard. It's nothing in my control. But uh, what I witnessed here, I, li- I really like it. I would like to be back, In quote. So he would like to be back. He's the only impending friend, uh, free agent on the roster. Here's the problem, though. The Thunder have three draft picks. They've been an incubator for second-round picks, so you can't just throw away those second-round picks. I-, I wouldn't feel comfortable at this time. You know, things can change. It's a long ways away. But at this time, I wouldn't feel comfortable saying that those second round picks don't mean anything. The Thunder have been really good at second round picks. So they have three draft picks, one in the first round, two in the third. Sarich is a free agent. Here are their other options in terms of non-guaranteed or team contracts. So you don't eat any uh, sort of large amount of guaranteed money. It's just fully non-guaranteed deals or, or club options. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, a non-guaranteed deal. Lindy Waters, the third, is a club option. You can decline it and and wipe your hands of it and say, you know, thank you for your service. Isaiah Joe, non-guaranteed. Wiggins, non-guaranteed. Here's the thing. Wiggins and Joe, they're safe. Those are guys that you went around for a very, very, very long time. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, you invested uh, not only a second-round pick for him, you went up to go get him. Lindy Waters, hometown guy. Obviously, you appreciate everything that he did. But as I've said, as much as I like him as a person, I like covering him. Uh, I liked covering him in the G League and, and being in a more you know, one-on-one environment in that way because uh, no one showed up to the G League games besides me and, and Clemente did as well. Uh, look, he's he's a, he's a shooter in theory, and he shot 36% from three for a guy who's a sharpshooter. He missed a lot of wide-open big shots, and, and that's not what you buddy your bread with in the NBA. He's gotten a lot better defensively, though. So do you trust him to get a lot better at shooting? Because he has the tools to be a good shooter. Do you trust him to get a lot better at shooting in the offseason as he got a lot better at defense in the offseason? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. So, like, it comes down to those two guys as your other options to move on from to fill the the, the slots. Now, here's the thing. You for sure need one roster spot, and if you use all three picks, you're going to need at least two because that that last, that last second-round pick, it can be a two-way guy. Like, that's that's in the range where you start to sign guys uh, to two-way deals because as much as... uh. You know, as much as you, you enjoy uh, the the kind of bargain that that is, and even with 3, thir- uh, three two-way deals, at 38, you're going to sign him to a deal that more closely resembles, um you know, a first-round pick. Not exactly, but it's going to be a standard contract. At 50, 50 is in the range of, hey, come to Summer League, you're a two-way contract, and we move forward. So, that's why I say you need to create at least two and not three because that other 50th overall pick, he can be in a two-way deal, no problem. So out of Sarich, out of GRE, Waters third Isaiah Joe Wiggins, as of today, you need to create at least two, and that's not even factoring in anything else you want to do, signing another free agent, trading up in the draft for another draft pick. Like That's not factoring in anything else. That's just factoring in what is currently in hand. You need at least two spots. So you're seeing how this pathway gets a lot harder to keep Sarge. He shouldn't command much on the open market. That's going to be great. And even if he did, the Thunder have a lot of cap, but that doesn't matter. Uh, In his time with the Thunder, he shot 83% at the rim, 37% from the corner three, and 57% on non-corner three, shooting overall 40% from three. Seven points a game, three rebounds and assist. played some valuable minutes at times. And I'm old enough to remember whenever people said Sam Presti was tanking because he traded for Sarge. And I said... No, he's replacing Muscala's production with the same production while picking up a second-round pick, and they, the, and they made the play-in tournament. So uh, that was all fine and dandy. Ultimately, if I had to just wager money to this moment, to this millisecond, if the Thunder bring back Saric, uh, I would say no. But things change quickly, and it's not out of the realm of possibility. And it's, it's good to see a player would want to come back here. Uh, Usman Jang will play at Summer League. Only 39 games played in the NBA. Five points, two rebounds, and assists, shot 42% from the floor, 26% from three, 74% at the rim, which is in the eighty-six percentile for his position. I think this is a great thing. This is going to be the last stage, one of the last stages where Usman Jane can really have runway, really play a lot of different roles, really have a high usage. Because the next year's team will be very competitive. Minutes will be hard to come by. They're still going to get a minute. They're still going to find a minutes. They're still going to, you know, play a ton of people, play 12, 13 guys a game. So, like, it's, it's not to say that, but the runway gets a lot longer in Summer League. Gets a lot longer in the preseason. It's a lot longer in the G League. Like, these are the moments where you can really um, look at his development because you can't truly evaluate development in, like, a five-minute stretch of an NBA game. You, you can only do that whenever you get him a lot of playing time in big spurts. And, and a lot of different roles. So these are moments that can pre- prepare Usman Jang in that process. And again, they're sure going to get him a lot of minutes next year, even as they are more competitive next year and the expectation has changed next year. They're going to play 13 guys a game next year. I would almost I would almost uh, guarantee it, but of course, we don't want to guarantee anything. But I'd say they're going to play 10, 12, 13 guys, and it came no problem uh, next season. But Usman Cheng, this is going to be a big stepping stone for him. And he'll, have, he'll be under the microscope at Summer League. Uh, he will truly be under the microscope. The last bit of news from the exit interviews that we're talking about today. SGA. So I asked Trey Mann, what is your favorite SGA Instagram caption this season? And he said the, the 44 on the Rocks um, against the Rockets before All-Star. And then... He said he doesn't believe SGA comes up with these captions. He believes Drake comes up with the captions. So at that point, this opened up such a can of worms. We had to ask every player. I, I honestly I took it as a mission at that point to ask every player, so I apologize uh, for that. But every player, does Shea come up with it on his own? Does Shea uh, you know, use help? Wiggins was all in on the conspiracy. Isaiah Joe and Holmgren were staunch defenders of SGA coming up with his own uh, Instagram captions. Chet Holmgren went as far to say that he does not in front of the team. So that's interesting that Trey Mann is in on the conspiracy. It was a lot of fun. The guys had fun with the question. Um, and, and, Shay, it's out there for you now. Like, come on Lockdown Thunder. Prove me wrong that you don't get any help with these Instagram captions. It was a really great Idea from Trey Mann. How are you so well-rounded? How are you a lyricist? How are you a basketball player? How are you a model? How are you everything in life? SGA. Let us know how you do it. How do you pull it off? SGA. Trey Mann, I think, revealed some big news too. He said that SGA is going to get in the booth this summer and rap. And so Trey Mann has a rapping career. Darius Baisley had a rapping career. If SGA is dropping an album this summer or a mixtape or an EP, whatever the kids call it nowadays... Thunder Twitter is going to make that a a, a platinum EP, if that's even possible. So shout out SGA. And I hope that we do uh, get some some, uh, music from him. But this offseason is going to be fun. We'll talk free agency. We'll talk draft. We'll talk everything that happens uh, this summer, plus what needs to be developed over the summer. And basketball is happening now with the playoffs, and it's going to be a short offseason because the finals will end late June, mid-June. And then the FIBA World Cup will start. August 25th through September 10th, and then it'll be media day, preseason, and we'll do this all over again. Those participating in the FIBA World Cup, uh, SGA, Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, and Usman Jang said he wants to, but we got to see if if, if uh, he's invited in the mix the team. But Usman Jang is in if, if they want him to be there. But for sure, SGA, Dort, and Giddey will be playing basketball by August 25th. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and then they'll they'll join the Thunder, have media day, training camp, and Away we go. I want to thank you again for listening today, for listening all season, and for sticking with us through the off season. Uh, until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On
0: podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.